0: From the trails to the road to the track if it's running you'll find it right here on trail tales arp run wild hello everybody welcome to trail tales arp i'm your host sean sobon this is season 5 episode 9 already can't believe it and uh for all the moms out there listening i'm just gonna wish you a happy mother's day by the time you hear this, Mother's Day will have come and gone, but uh, happy Mother's Day anyways. It is tomorrow as we record. Um, today, I have Jillian Brown. She's the current CEO of Camp My Way, which helps first responders, veterans, and at-risk youth and their families that have been affected by PTSD. Uh, Jillian is a photographer, an adventurer, a kayaker, all-around awesome person, and uh, she's got a pretty amazing story. Um, I'm pretty sure it would make a good book or even a movie one day, but uh, everybody, please welcome Jillian Brown to the show. Hi, Jillian.
1: Hi, Sean. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me on your show, too.
0: Absolutely. It's nice to meet you as well. And uh, yeah, welcome to Trail Tales ARP. So. Um, this podcast real quick is primarily about running, but you know, I'm a first responder and paramedic, So there's a lot of issues in that kind of the world that kind of cross over to this podcast. And for me, it's all kind of connected, right? Like, um, I've done several shows in the past, um, with mental health professionals and things like that. Cause those are things that not only first responders deal with, but everybody deals with it. If you're breathing and you have a pulse, <laughs> you're going to be dealing with mental health issues and you know for me running goes hand in hand it's a good way to cope and and kind of maintain not only physical health but mental health and for me spiritual health as well so you know i'm happy and excited to have you on the show here so yeah again
1: Uh, I, i was i was totally about to say running is just a tool to move that energy
0: absolutely you got you got to move that energy in any way you can you know cycling running whatever right just get up and move so i want to ask before we get into you know, your story in our interview here, uh, do you run at all? Or have you ever been a runner?
1: Mm, I'm not much of a runner. I definitely do go and, and run the mount in the mountains here just to move energy, but, um, and to, uh, to stay fit, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, I've never claimed to be a runner. That's like the bottom of my, uh, <laughs> if I could do anything or if I'm asked to do any third sort of adventure running's probably one of my bottom ones. Um, but with the mindset, if I was invited or asked to do a marathon or anything, I'd probably train and be able to do it. But yeah,
0: <laughs> there it's you go. The,
1: it's not my number one tool. I'd rather be climbing or or paddling or swimming or some other means.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We talked a little bit uh, off camera. So I'm in Ontario, and we definitely don't have any mountains here. So so jealous to hear that you're able to go and run in the mountains if you want to, uh, or climb or do whatever hike. You know, it's it's pretty awesome out there. You're gonna have to get to that part of our wonderful country one day soon and do some running.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. There's a huge trail running community around here and ultra, ultra marathon runners. Yeah. Um, a lot of the Canadian um, teams from the amazing, not the amazing race, that, um, the Eco Challenge. Yep. A lot of them are, are trained um, just down the road where, where my house is in Squamish, British Columbia. Oh, a, whole, a whole lot of them there and a lot of the crew that worked on the most recent eco challenge are from there too. Cause they're all They're everything. They do trail running, climbing. You have, you do it all there.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You kind of have to, cause you live there. So, you know, it's like, it's, it's calling out to you.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, Jillian, just, you know, kind of briefly Cole's notes here. So you were, you know, diagnosed not too long ago with PTSD Uh, you had a whole bunch of stuff happen to you in a short period of time, right? You survived a five-year abusive relationship, um, you know, losing a business, being homeless. Um, From what I understand, you had a family member that was tragically murdered. um, And, you know, all of those things kind of culminated to you um, living out of your car with your dog. And you were kind of on the brink of suicide, contemplating suicide very seriously. And I guess that was a trigger for you that realized, okay, I need to go talk to somebody i need some help here right so um i guess what i want to ask first is um how because i I don't want to really focus too much on all the bad stuff right because what we want to focus on here is is your strength and your determination and getting better and your healing that took place so i guess my first question for you is what did the beginning of your recovery look like once you had gone to all of that and kind of hit rock bottom?
1: For sure. Um, so within that, in that five and a half years of being in that abusive relationship, I had never once thought about committing suicide. I never had any sort of suicidal thoughts. Um, I was just living in such a heightened adrenaline state that there was no, there wasn't emotion at all. Cause I was just pure survival. Um and and yet every day I had a dog sled company with that partner. Every day I would go down and feed my dog my rescue dogs, 16 sled dogs, and I'd pet them and rub my face in their in their neck. And I would say I was thankful it was me there and not somebody else. Because I knew I had the strength to get through it. And maybe they wouldn't. And that I don't know where that came from, but that got me through. Um, So when I left and ended up homeless, to be able to leave safely, I had to leave everything behind. Um, like you mentioned, my my business, the dogs, the dogs, um, my home, the person I thought was my love um, to be, be homeless in a tent for seven months. And here I was thinking, okay, I'm away from that. I should feel great now. I'm out in nature, I'm camping, I love this. Like I'm next to a river, I got my dog. Um, and yet here I was, more terrified than ever more confused than ever because that adrenaline had subsided and now every emotion was coming in and out of me and I went to on a walk with my dog I did every day and walked by the river and thought about putting her leash around my neck and jumping in and i I think a lot of people who have some sort of suicidal thought would say the exact same thing as they've never considered themselves suicidal. Even having that thought, I would never consider myself suicidal. It was like, I knew I would never do it, but I still had that thought. And that's what was terrifying. And finished the walk. Um, well, looked at my dog when I had that moment and my dog's sitting there, like the dog smile, looking out, looks up at me, like, come on, mom, what are you doing? Let's keep going. And it's like, well, yeah, I could do that walked back to the tent, tethered her up and immediately went to a counselor to figure out what was going on. Cause I just had no idea how I could feel this way now. And all I was told when I met with the counselor and shared what I was going through visions, not sleeping nightmares, all, all of these things was sounds like you have PTSD. You should come back next week. Not even what PTSD stood for, let alone what it is or tools to manage it or to get through it. And uh, I never went back. (laughs) If that's supposed to help me, (laughs) there's got to be something better out there. And I'm not knocking people going to counsellors. It works for many people going, you connect with them. Um, I didn't connect with that person. Didn't work for me. And the biggest thing is it, even having that counselor, the counselor is just going to listen. They're not going to save my life anyways. I have to save my own life,
0: yeah, anyways. absolutely. And you know you you made two very good points there I just want to elaborate on. so first mm-hmm. first one is that connection with the counselor, if you're going to go see one, you have to have a connection there. even myself, like from time to time, I need to go talk to a counselor and And I can tell within a few minutes if this is going to be a good fit or not. And sometimes, okay, I'm not coming back. I'll look for somebody else to speak with. Right. And um, yeah, sounds like you didn't you didn't find a very uh, good one to connect with on that on that first one. But the second point and more important point is you hit the nail right on the head is the only person that's going to save you is you. I mean, there's help and there's resources out there. they're easy to find, especially now online, you can just turn your phone on and find somebody to help you. But if, if you're not ready, if you're not willing to do the work and to have that, you know, that will to survive, I guess, or get better, none of the resources out there are going to mean diddly squat, right? So you hit the nail right on the head there.
1: Fully that's part of the camp my way program, which we hate calling it a program because it's a way of life. Um, Part of camp my way. To be able to come out here, we get asked, we get so many emails, phone calls, everything from social media, all of it. Both Terrence and I, the founder and myself, from family members, from coworkers, from friends of somebody who they feel could use the Camp My, Camp My Way and the tools that we share. And immediately, like, please send them to us, send them our contact, their contact, um, have them call us and they need to be able to call us every day for a week. And if they can't commit to that, they fully aren't in the darkest parts of the devil's belly. They aren't at their lowest point yet. Because when you're at that bottom, like for me, being in that tent, considered homeless, um, having lost everything where I was at, for me, that was enough to make me realize I need to do something to save myself here. Mm for other yeah. people they they may be addicted to drugs and have lost their wife and whatever it may be and they think they're at the their darkest moment but if they're not even willing to make a phone call once a once a day to try to figure out how to get their life back you're going to take nothing away from coming to Cam Highway you're not ready yet you're not at the darkest part
0: yeah that's uh that's that's such a great point and and um it's almost like you know I want to kind of go back to when when you were still you know, in that relationship and in, in, in the business with the dogs and stuff, it's almost like you you just kind of you're you're going day to day. You're kind of I'm, I'm imagining, you know, I've been through not your situation, but, you know, we've all had our own, but you kind of you're numb to what's going on around you. You don't deal with it. Right. And like you had said, once you found yourself away from all of that and then you were in the tent with just you and your dog in nature, that kind of the floodgates open and then everything kind of hit you and it became probably the realest it had ever been for you at that point, I would imagine
1: sure I had learned to wear a mask so good and then when I got into that tent I didn't need it anymore and I threw it away and that's when everything came out and I was allowed to be human again yeah or I or I allowed myself I allowed myself to be human again and I hadn't been like that and we don't in a society nowadays being human is the least human thing we could possibly showcase to the world, according to the world. <laughs> right? You cry, like we're not, we're not supposed to cry anymore. We're not supposed to be angry. We're not supposed to have emotions anymore. Those are the like bad things there. And yet those are the most human things about us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. Um, so, you know, you went to this counselor and they said, Oh, I'll see you in a week. Good luck type of deal so what did you do after that <laughs> that's that's my big question here what did you do after that happened because you're like all right well this was a dead end so
1: right uh i i went back to my tent more terrified than ever so of course i'm a civilian having never hurt for one i didn't i've never been to war like the only affiliation i had and and knowledge i have of the term ptsd was in terms of military first responder like i don't i I don't understand how I could have this PTSD thing and grab my dog and let her off her leash and just started following her just followed her till till the night right followed her all over crawling even and got back to my tent and I actually slept for the first time in years that night and the next day I woke up and I did the same thing straight away just let her off her leash and I just followed her all day long and I slept again and I realized that I, I wasn't, while I was doing that, I wasn't thinking about what I had been through and I wasn't fixated on what was coming next. I was just thinking about that present moment of well, where are we going? I wonder if we're gonna see an animal. I wonder what she's following. Oh, wow. we just living in that moment, curious, connecting back to being human and being like a kid.
0: Wow, what's, yeah. your, what's your dog's name?
1: Roxy, she passed away last year though.
0: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's tough.
1: Yeah. it sounds <laughs>
0: like it sounds like Roxy was probably the best therapist you could have found.
1: She she was the most incredible dog in the entire world, and everybody that ever met her would attest to that for sure. She, as much as I saved those rescue dogs or or rescued those dogs, they truly saved my life for sure. She would she even put herself in between me and that person when things would happen. She would oh, she would wow. climb on top of me um to try to protect me and yeah she would sleep in the yeah she's in the tent with me with just that you couldn't ask for a better a better a dog or friend or yeah therapist oh any wow. of it. Yeah, it was, yeah she was amazing
0: amazing well I'm, I'm drinking a coffee right now but still cheers to roxy this one yeah cheers
1: to, cheers to roxy dog.
0: There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I've got I've got four dogs myself. Uh, we got uh, a rescue Piper and uh, Luna, who's a pup, and I've got my two old girls, Rosie and Ruby, and uh, they're just they're just amazing. They're amazing, and I love dogs altogether. All animals, really, but dogs are dogs are my jam. If you know what I mean. But so right. So, yeah. So you found yourself kind of just hiking and and following Roxy around the woods, and uh, I guess not getting lost because you're able to get back to your tent. So. Um, how long did that last for? What was what was the next step in your journey here?
1: So that was back in 2015. I left, and it's been every day since.
0: Oh, wow. just every haven't been from... following.
1: Just haven't been following Rock's dog all the time. It uh, I, I as I started to sleep more and start to feel better, I realized that it was through, for one, living in the moment, but through moving that energy which is all that ptsd is is just trapped energy within the nervous system and i was moving it through hiking and getting fresh air and the more i hiked the more i started to integrate fitness too i would do squats and push-ups and things and get more um more of a workout and uh realized i did that when i was younger too it was something i looked back at my past. And my childhood and being a kid and being an athlete as a teen. And when were the times that I really struggled and was depressed? Well, it was when I would have an injury and I couldn't do physical things Mm. and that energy would build up again. And when I was a teen, I just had so much energy in general that I couldn't sit still. So I would get up and I'd start kicking a soccer ball with my other foot that wasn't in a cast and I'd still move that energy. Like as an adult, we're not doing that, we're forgetting about. Being curious as a kid, like I said, as following Roxy, being curious again, yeah. looking at the world like it was all new, yeah you
0: know, and that's
1: that's we, such a great point we we totally lose that as adults, um, yeah. Yeah. And, I, yeah, looking back at that hard work and that that viewing the world differently and like it's all new and living so much in the in the moment it's just it, it really it allowed me to yeah, connect back to myself and those emotions, but, and to nature, but yeah, the main thing was it was moving that energy, and yeah. it, I didn't learn that till, till I came to Camp My Way a couple of years ago, I didn't, because nobody, there's no, nobody talks about that, nobody says PTSD is energy, nobody, there's, there's nothing, PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder, that's it, that's all you're gonna find <laughs> when you look it up, that's like,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, No, it's a man. I I love what you're saying there because, you know, it's almost like like a magic ingredient. I hate to say that, but, you know, finding a way to live in the moment and and be curious about the world again that's around you and just interact with it and and getting back to, you know, a childlike play and stuff. Because when we're kids, we can't see past the next day you know, because we're so much like living in the moment. I think that's why dogs are so great too, because they're they just in the moment all the time. Right. Yeah. So they're great companions to have, but you know, as an adult, like you said, we forget how to do that. You've got, you know, you've got stress, you've got traumas, you've got responsibilities, all these things that kind of um, bombard you and you lose that ability. And eventually I guess you forget what it's like to just kind of be in the moment and, and, be worry free for even a period of time and i think you know for me and a lot of runners too when you're out on the run it's a, it's a way to just kind of sometimes you use the run to work on things that are bothering you sometimes you just forget what you're doing and you're in the zone you don't even remember the run until you're like at your front door again It's like, oh, okay i'm done right like so yeah i think that is such a like a magic ingredient to, to have right because even for myself like <laughs> oh, i hate to say it but in two days i'm turning 40. <laughs> But uh, I still feel like happy a... birthday in two days. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, s- I still feel like a kid. You know what I mean? Like, I still feel like there are times where I feel like I can be like, you know, a 10 year old or you know, an 18, 20 year old. And, then, you know, I wake up in the morning and my body hurts. So I'm reminded of my actual age. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, I don't let that stop me. So I'm gonna keep moving and having fun. And I've got young <gasps> kids of my own, right? So, I enjoy kind of incorporating all my movement with them too. And and they're getting old enough now to do it with me. So it's it's so much fun. Like I just ran a 5K with my uh, soon-to-be eight-year-old and he earned his first race medal. So it was kind of a surreal experience for me to kind of do that with him, right? And, and have fun. And-
1: That's so key is that you are sharing one of your tools with your kid. That's what we need to be doing. Yes, as much as adults, we need to connect back to being kids. We need to teach our kids the tools so that we don't they don't need to look back and be like, well, how do I get through this? They just need to be it needs to be ingrained in them to to do fitness every single day, run or whatever it may be. Do some push-ups, do some breathing, body scan, Like practice forgiveness. The things that schools aren't teaching is what we need to teach kids every single day so that it's ingrained. It takes. 21 days of doing a routine for it to become a ritual and once we're old it's too late like we it's so much harder for us to get motivated to put in the work to change our lives once we've already lived our lives
0: yeah it's true it's uh you know (laughs) there's no time like the present and and that's all we really have you know and uh yeah to to make it part of your everyday life without even thinking about it that's kind of been what i've wanted to do for my kids and And so far, so good. I think they just realize it's normal and they, you know, daddy, can we go out on a bike ride today or can we go run? Like, you know, if, if, you know, now that there's not much to do because we're pretty locked down tight here in Ontario right now at the moment. um, So all we have is, you know, our ability to get outside and go do stuff. So if we have a day where it's like raining or we can't really get out because, you know, I've got, you know, shifts to work or whatever, they kind of get a little stir crazy too. Right. So try to get out as much as I can with them. Yeah, it's, 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 it's it's so great that you're able to kind of discover that even just on your own, right? And be Like, okay, this is what I need to do. It's so key. It's so key. Absolutely. Um, so yeah,
1: I have to say that that was, that was definitely due to the way I was raised by my, my, my parents and grandparents and growing up on a little Island in Northwestern Ontario with all of them, um, that old school mentality of having to put in the work to kind of be able to play too. Um yeah makes you look at yourself. Once you're trying to heal, okay, I got to put in the work for myself to succeed, whether it's building my home or building myself, like I have to put in that work.
0: Yeah. Nobody's going to do it for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, what you put into life is what you're going to get out of it. And if you just sit there waiting for something good to happen, <laughs> you're going to be sitting for a long
1: time. Right. That's, that's so much why I, I I'm fine with people going to a counselor because it's a tool. They're mm. not going to heal you, but it's a tool to move some energy for some people like journaling or yoga or whatever, maybe paddling across the United States or whatever you do, run.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but the big thing is that pills aren't going to fix you. Pills, like that's the, like medication is the one thing that I will always say don't, unless you have like an actual like cancer or something, that those are not going to heal you they're not like they're they're a mask they're not doing anything for you unless it's like yeah counselor's a a tool but a pill isn't
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it's uh no it's it's an interesting perspective you know like you know, I would say from, from anyways, from my perspective, because, you know, I'm paramedic and stuff like that, yeah. too, like, No, I, 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 listen, I'm all for trying not to, to avoid going on medications and stuff too, right? But maybe sometimes for, for a short period of time, if you are trying these things and it's still not working, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with going and, and seeing if there's any medications that can help kind of the mood and stuff like mood stabilizers. But at the same time, like you said, that's not going to cure you. Um, whether you think it's a tool or not, you know, it can maybe help you get over a hump, but it's it's not something that should be long term. It's not something um, that you should rely on because it's it's not the cure. It's not the answer. Right. You need like it needs to come from within. Right. And there are so many other um, there are so many better tools out there that you can use. Right? It was all the stuff we're kind of talking about for sure. So I, I totally agree with you on that. You all know how I love to run with Piper the Wonder Dog. Her safety and health are my number one priority when we're out on the trails together, and that's why I've been giving Piper Big Country Raw's all-natural joint support supplements since she was a pup. Trail Tales ARP is happy to provide you with a discount code for 10% off your order at BigCountryRaw.ca. Visit BigCountryRaw.ca and use the code TRAILTAILS, one word, to receive your 10% discount today. Run wild! Um. So you mentioned paddling, and I want to get into that because that is really cool. So you are the first Canadian ever to paddle across America, and that's that's pretty awesome. And you're the world's uh, first person to paddle a tandem sea kayak down the Colorado River through the Grand Canyon. So a tandem sea kayak, is that just like a two-seater type deal? Is that what that is?
1: Yeah, that was my friend Jamie Sharp and I. It was not solo. <laughs> okay,
0: not solo. <laughs> okay. No,
1: that was uh Jamie Sharp, who's an amazing paddler. He had that idea of taking this tandem sea kayak. He's trying to sh- he was trying to showcase the versatility of a tandem sea kayak. So, why not try taking it down the Great canyon? <laughs>
0: oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> yeah. And uh I had I had just gone through being homeless and I had kind of found myself again and I was really motivated to showcase um what we're capable of if we believe in ourselves. Um I always say nothing's placed in front of us that we don't have the strength to overcome. We just have to believe in ourselves enough. And he presented this idea of taking this tandem sea kayak down and a week beforehand before the trip his part his original partner backed out and he called me up and I said yes. Um like if he trusts me and believes in me then I better freaking trust and believe in myself to do this too. And we we swam once, but we were successful. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so so prior to Jamie approaching you, um, had you had any like paddle experience or been on the water before? Or is this something like new to you?
1: Oh no, paddle I grew up on a little island in northwestern Ontario. So I I could oh, wow. swim before I could swim before I could walk. I could drive a boat. Like I had to go get my boat license when I was like six years old. I, yeah, water, water, I there, I'm, I'm better paddling than I am walking. <laughs> I'd say. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, it was one of those things that um, was one of my tools and passions that I really had put aside. So when I, um, a year after I'd been in that tent and left that relationship, paddling was one of those passions that I made myself reconnect with. And I did uh, a cross Canada trip and I lived in my Jeep for 77 days. Um, I didn't bring Roxy along cause I needed it to be something fully for me. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime somebody would suggest going to a certain place, go see this, go stay here. I wouldn't go there cause I needed this to be fully for me. And, um, one of the goals was to, to paddle in all the provinces, paddle all five great lakes and the oceans. And, um, I ended up doing all that and reconnecting to paddling. And along the way I wrote, um, what I was hoping was a sponsorship letter. It was my first time ever trying to do such a thing. And I sent it to the Canadian Women's Foundation and they ended up publishing it as an article. Oh, wow. And I come back. Yeah, I come back from this trip and this article has been published. And it's the first time I've shared that I had been in an abusive relationship at all. Anything about what i had been through, homeless, all this stuff. And I ended up a couple months later having a woman book a photo shoot for headshots and we'd go and meet this lovely woman, quite a bit older than me, maybe, I don't know, 50s, 60s. I wanna be polite there. Um, but um, lovely, lovely woman, do our photo shoots, have great conversation, you go to get, right? She was writing me a check. She turns, like, I have to tell you something. I read your article in the Canadian Women's Foundation, and I, at the time, was in a long term abusive relationship. And I saw this young woman, much younger than me have this strength to leave everything behind and this courage for nothing, to be homeless. And here I was, old and I should be wise and I'm staying here. And it gave me the strength to leave. And I left Ontario and I moved out here and booked this photo shoot to tell you that. And I was like, ball, like both of us are crying. And I'm like, you know what? That's motivation to keep doing everything that I'm doing whether it's paddling and being able to integrate the stories and the the determination I've learned um, and the strength to overcome um, within that storytelling or whether it's just openly talking about leaving an abusive relationship or PTSD. Um, But yeah, that that (laughs) that was a big push into saying yes to these trips like the Grand Canyon and then the Across America trip was from that one, yeah, from that one woman telling me that.
0: (laughs) Wow, so, you know, it it gives me chills just hearing that, and, you know, it's, it just goes to show you, it's so important to kind of be able to take something bad and turn it into something good and and share your story, because you never know who you're going to help, and in this example, like, your story, you know, and having it get published, which wasn't even your intent, (laughs) made it to her eyes, and impacted her in such a way that she went through all of this stuff like packed up and left and switched province like that's what a leap of faith and then set up this photo shoot to meet you and then by her telling you that she's even paying you back double because now all of a sudden you're like super inspired to grab the bull by the horns like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and take these opportunities it's just I, i don't even know a word to describe what that is but i I got chills right now. Like I got goose flesh. So it's, it's
1: <laughs> right. Every amazing. time I have to hold back tears because it's yeah. just from that one person, knowing that one person I've changed their life or saved their life, whatever impacted their life gives me motivation that I could do that for somebody else, whether I know it ever again or not, there's potential for this podcast or the one that I shot that I just did this morning. There's potential that one other person will hear one of those and maybe they'll change it'll change their life in some way or save their life or impact them. Um and that's that's the best that I can do. That's the total purpose of all of this, whether it's in person or or speaking openly um, and feeling comfortable too, because so many people just don't and I I respect that and understand that because it definitely took time for me to feel safe enough to open up about what I had been through. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, if we, if we have that comfort level and, and ability, we definitely should, because you don't know, you don't know who's listening ever and, and who, whose life you might change.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Julian, if you were to stop right now, you would have done more than enough already, I think. So, huh. so, so kudos to you. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what your, what your, um, paddling adventure was like, cause that sounds like a, like a really cool story. So let me live vicariously <laughs> through you. Let's take our audience through that a little bit. Cause that's so cool.
1: So the, I guess the paddling across America one. Sure. Um, okay. So, uh, <laughs> it's another one like the one with Jamie down the grand Canyon where, um, there was an original team planned for the trip. And three of the members were no longer going. And they called me up through like, the reputation I had kind of built within the paddling world and documenting world and what I share and showcase. And they asked if I would be willing to do a trip for uh, many months. <laughs> um, and of course, I said yes. And it started out with somebody else. And I ended up solo on it. Uh, It was 150 days from Astoria, Oregon, at the Pacific Ocean, to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, 16 states, 23 portages, and one of those was a 675-kilometer portage over the Continental Divide. Um, (laughs) And I broke my foot the second day on it. (laughs)
0: Oh, my gosh. No kidding. (laughs)
1: Uh, um, Yeah, there's, there's so much to that. (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, what, how how
0: did that happen did you like roll on a rock or like drop something on your foot like what happened uh,
1: no stress fracture typical oh, uh carrying so much so too much, too much weight and, yeah yeah i had a pack on with gear and then i had the canoe on wheels and it was tethered to the back of my pack so it was like a pack mule oh my god um and i was, was going up a, a the first hill basically of the trip um leaving Lewiston Idaho and it snapped so i just kept going <laughs> oh,
0: oh my gosh <laughs> for so
1: 16 I, days <laughs> on it
0: <laughs> that's that's insane what did you i want to ask like what did you do for um obviously you know the pain i guess you just kind of dealt with it um how about your like your calorie expenditure and your intake like did you have like a lot of food with you like what were you carrying for that stuff how did you get it? Yeah. How did
1: you get um, yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely don't, I have to have, don't eat enough calories on expeditions. Um, I've done lots where they're really remote, like up in Alaska and Northern where you're pack rafting or, or hiking or mountaineering where you can only bring so much.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and I, I don't make money. Like I'm, I, I do that. Everything that I do is to showcase a passion or a certain way of life and lifestyle. Um, So I always just make means, make, make it by with whatever I can. Um, So usually living off of like instant rice and instant mashed potatoes from the dollar store on an expedition Um, and the, the brown sugar and, or yeah, brown sugar and maple uh, Quaker oats (laughs) for (laughs) breakfast. Um,
0: That's a good flavor. (laughs)
1: Yeah, pretty, pretty minimal and pretty not so healthy and not what I would recommend. But a lot of what I'm doing is to showcase that you can do it, that there aren't excuses. You don't need to be making 40 grand. Like you don't have to have a huge bank account to go out and and make these goals happen or do what you want to be doing with your life. Um, Why? If you're focused on the money, you're not going to make it. You got to focus on on the dream and the goal. And then you'll Uh, figure it out. Like, yeah, right before that trip, I basically had like no money. um, And just, I was working, I had plenty of work, but I live in British Columbia. (laughs) It's not cheap. And um, I I, I grabbed a painting job and painted a 13,000 square foot warehouse by myself, three coats in three days, two days before I was supposed to leave on this trip, just so that I had some extra cash. Like, you figure it out. You make it work. If that's your dream, you're going to put it beforehand to oh make it happen. Oh my gosh. That's crazy.
0: <laughs> that's gotta, that's gotta be some sort of world record in and of itself <laughs> with three days, three coats. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was, yeah.
0: Oh, wow. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I love, I love the sentiment and what you're saying is, you know, you gotta, you got to, um, rely on yourself and, and make the commitment and do it. And, and you know i think one of the big things you haven't touched on yet is is the lack of fear or maybe just the 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 defined attitude towards the fear cuz like who cares it's not about the money you know you got to focus on the goal because i think i know this is true for myself as well it's like you know you have these dreams that you want to accomplish but the minute you start thinking about them all these reasons are popping up into your head as to why you can't do it you know like oh i've you know what am I going to do for money? I can't, you know, leave. I've got, you know, roots here. Whatever. It's like there's so many reasons to not do something, and you can you can play it safe. And next thing you know, your life has gone by, and there's so many experiences you've missed out on. Or you can kind of do the the Jillian technique and just be like I'm doing it, nothing's going to stop me.
1: Um, I many years ago, many years ago, I was asked to be on the Business Revolution podcast. Okay. This is like before podcasts were podcasts. Like I had no idea. This guy is like super well off in business. And he calls me up like, will you be on this show? Like, why would you? I'm like the worst business person ever. <laughs> like, you don't want me on your show. I don't know anything about business. Like, Call up my dad. He's an accountant. Have him on. And, uh, and the guy's like, no, you're great because you're teaching people how to make it, how to go after it. Because you're not stopping, you're you have this goal, and no matter what is happening, whether you have money coming in or not, you're still going after that goal, and that is the best business person of all time. You're not going to learn anything from succeeding all the time. You're going to learn from all the failures.
0: Very true, very true, and, and very interesting. You know, it's if money's the goal, you're never gonna you're never gonna get there, and it's it's not about the money, I guess. For for uber successful people, it's like. They have that passion. They put everything they have into whatever business it is. And then the money is like the side effect of all the hard work, right? Like that's that's what it is really.
1: So Yeah. It's it's just it's like the number one excuse everyone has for everything. Like I have a friend who's planning to do this walk across the country for PTSD. And he keeps saying that he's gotta have like he's gotta make sure that he raises a certain amount of money so that his bills are covered during those months. And I'm like, you're not even gonna start. Yeah. Cuz you're going to be fixated that you don't have that 40 grand or whatever you're trying to raise. You're going to be so fixated on that, you're for one not going to enjoy your trip at all. So what's the fucking point? And you're going to be you're you're just not even going to start if that's what you're fixated on. Fixated on the journey. Like yeah. go and do it. It'll happen. You'll make it happen if you want to succeed. You're going to make it happen. It may take longer. You might have to stop after 2 months. And go home and get it or get a job while you're on the road but make it happen if you want
0: yeah like, absolutely it, it, it I seems I, simple when i but... ended up
1: uh when i was on that on that paddling trip and ended up solo i mean i could have packed up people offered my parents offered to like come down and pick me up people offered to drive me back to canada like i i said i was gonna do this thing i gotta figure out how to do it now <laughs> by wow. myself and like I was very fortunate that I could call up some sponsors and stuff and they supported that too and believed in me, but I didn't want to stop just cause I didn't have another person.
0: Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what I would have done in that situation. That would have been pretty scary too. Like, um, like, did you know where you were going? Like navigating? Like wh- how did, how did you come to be by yourself anyway? What happened?
1: Um, there, my, nice way of putting it was there was no longer room in the canoe for his ego and another person um Uh and and that kind of showcases why he went through three people before the trip even started and Uh why he went through after I was with him for 100 days why he ended up going through in a matter of three weeks like four or five other people after me there's a reason for that yeah but Yeah. Uh, and everybody on the trip told him you need to be doing this solo. Like you're the, you have to do this solo. You're the, that kind of person. Right. Um, but anyways, um, it, yeah, I, the plan then in my mind, I and then it's like, I'm not staying in this canoe, but I'm going to stick to you what the plan was of documenting this and being a part of it. So I arranged for a kayak and I was just going to go in a kayak and still paddle and have my own tent now and, and be separate, but still be along to document and do the job that I, in my mind had signed up to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, after I got in the, the kayak, um, the second night, I now had the availability to camp somewhere else. So I just, we were invited to stay at somebody's house and I took the person up on staying at their house and they didn't him and his new partner And there was another guy that was paddling with them. Um, They didn't stay there and I did. So I woke up the next morning to a text message saying if I want to keep paddling to go by myself and not meet back up. So I was all of a sudden by myself with no safety gear, no GPS, no nothing, no maps, nothing. Just left. Yeah, I had, I had some, I had like five days of food or something. Um, Yeah.
0: Effectively stranded. Um, so, so you were like, yes. you were probably like, okay, bring it on. Like, whatever, this is nothing from whatever. Uh, so, like,
1: I, I don't know. Like, I, was your I wish there? it was, it wasn't quite, it wasn't quite a bring it on. It was, a um, a, oh, <laughs> some other choice words you could say that I had that I didn't, I didn't write anything back. I'm like, are you, who does that? Like even yeah, my worst, who, even your worst enemy, who, who just leaves a person in an unknown place? on the side of a river through a text message, like at least have them meet up with you and make sure that they're like, okay.
0: Yeah. That's actually but, pretty scary because when you, when you're in a situation like that, like, you know, you, you need to have each other's backs no matter what, right? Like you need to rely on each other. And clearly, you know, if, if you're going to look over your shoulder for help and there's not gonna be anybody there, you know what I mean? And it's, that's, that's dangerous. That's so dangerous.
1: Yeah. It was uh it, 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 it was just more shocking that anybody could do that. Like yeah. just, just abandon another human in, in a place they know that they, that they don't know anyone right? and they don't have any gear, like taking all of the equipment and stuff and like charging devices and all of those things. Like, um, yeah, so that was, yeah. The, 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 one, the one great thing was that when I went to put in after that message, there were three veterans that I ran into who were paddling the Mississippi river. Oh, wow. with warrior with warrior expeditions and i ran into them and they immediately took me under their wing for a couple of days and let me paddle with them and i shared with them about this message and they like they would have if they'd run into that guy or met him they would have kicked his butt they're like you don't do that like you don't even leave your enemy you go to you go to war and you don't even leave your injured enemy on like you you tend to them <laughs> you make yeah. sure they're okay you don't leave one man there even if they're your enemy like They were my, anyways, they, they really were what helped me get through, um, that, that mindset shift, because I, like you said, I went from having, you're in a mindset of having somebody that has your back and you have their back and you can feed off of each other's energy. If you're having a bad day, they'll, they'll kind of pick you up, vice versa. Um, you could bounce ideas off of whatever it may be. And you just have that comfort of another person there. Um, and they reminded me while I was paddling with them. They kept saying, This is your trip. This is Jill's trip. This is Matt's trip. If you want to go run that rapid, you go run that rapid. We'll be over there waiting for you. Like they were so gung-ho of this is yours. This is your trip. Make it your trip. And it really, I kept saying that all, the whole time after I paddled with them for those couple of days and I was by myself. Um, I just kept telling myself that remind it's my trip. It's okay. It's, it's, I get to have it be mine now. I don't have to. Like I was basically just documenting this person's trip. I didn't have a say on things realistically. And now I can take my time. I can enjoy things. I can stop and take photos of animals. I can just sleep if I need to or want to. Like I can actually connect with people now. I have to remind myself of that, Um, which really did help me get through it. Um, But the the hardest part was stopping in Baton Rouge because the goal was Florida. But there was no realistic way by myself without any of those, without a GPS, without any maps, without anything, I could do that intercoastal waterway, the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. There was no realistic way to do it safely um, with no knowledge, real knowledge. So to end in Baton Rouge, as smart of a choice as that was, I felt like a failure. It felt like I was letting down sponsors and all these people. That was the hardest thing. And I called up a buddy back in bc and i talked to him like for four hours it just bawled my eyes out that i'm like i'm done like i just can't i mentally am totally done exhausted and i was covered with um poison oak and it was totally it was super infected and like oh it's so bad (laughs) like i posted about it on social media and a doctor called me and she's like you need to go to a hospital yeah, she's like, you need to go to a hospital right now. And if you can't go to a hospital or get to a doctor, I'm going to send you a prescription and have it filled and pay for it to whatever pharmacy is closest to you, and it'll be waiting for you. And she, that's what she did.
0: Oh, wow. What a nice doctor.
1: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm weird. like, isn't that illegal? And she's like, it doesn't matter. Don't tell anyone <laughs> my name.
0: <laughs> well, well, Dr. Anonymous. There we go. Thank you, Dr. Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Isn't it, isn't it insane how, you know, you're you're with this guy who's who you're paddling with. It's kind of all about him. And they abandon you and put you in a pretty dire situation. But next thing you know, here comes a great bunch of folks paddling down the river. They meet up with you, and then it's like a breath of fresh air, and things have just been gone done complete 180. And now you're getting the experience you probably needed and were hoping to get in the first place.
1: Yeah, I have to say on that trip, the the part that made it was the people that I met along the way. Every single person was incredible. There wasn't a bad soul. The 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 closest thing to a bad soul was that person that I was in the canoe with. And it's not like he was a bad soul. That was a terrible decision to text somebody like that and leave them abandoned. But I wouldn't ever call him a bad soul, and nobody on that trip was. It was amazing. The the um the generosity um, was and, and oh, it was just overwhelming what people would, would do um, to like, while we're portaging, like it, I think it was uh, Victoria Day or something, a holiday. And all of these older people, these retired people, like my great grandparents, grandparents age, decided that day to go do a road trip and find the crazy paddlers who are portaging over the Continental Divide. And they'd pull into our campsite and they'd hand us money being like, you're, we're living vicariously for, through you. I was like, they'd tell us stories of being in like the Vietnam war and stuff. they like, I always wanted the, I always wanted to do what you're doing and I never did it. So I just want to feel like I'm a part of it. And they give like five bucks or 20 bucks or whatever it was. Like, it was amazing. And people would stop, give us like lunches and us oh, crazy. And taking wow. us in. Yeah. It was just, that was the the most mind blowing thing, and that's usually what it is on 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 most trips. Like in Alaska too, pulling into the little town of Noatak, this reserve community that's way remote, like f- either fly in or boat in access, and they just take you in and like treat you like your your family. They make you homemade donuts. And they're like, oh, you've never had caribou, you've never had uh, mukluks before. Well, let's go get let's go get you some whale. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, what muck luck. I thought those were muck, like What is muck,
1: it? yeah, muck, uh, muck tuck. Muck, okay, are yeah. okay, okay, okay. boots. Muck, muck a,
0: uh, yeah. Oh, okay. That's what I thought because I know my when my dad was uh, in his twenties, he worked up in tuck yuck tuck, and he brought these boots home. He called them muck luck, So that's what I thought. I thought maybe he was wrong. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, no. Muck tucks are boots. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or Mucklucks are boots. Muck, muck is, uh, is like is whale like the, the outer it's like blubber and skin okay and and they'll eat it like slightly frozen so they use the the yulu like a curved blade
0: okay. and slice
1: it and it can be it's it's weird it's like fishy and oily and um kind of chewy yeah and then they pull out like seal and like seal oil and stuff and they give you homemade donuts you, yeah it was a caribou it was super cool up there <laughs> but they're <laughs> so, so generous they're like oh, everyone yeah. stops and talks to you and who are you from so many
0: so many great like you know human interactions you're having with people and and seeing the generosity of folks and and up there i guess it's just a completely different world than what we're used to down here right
1: i think the biggest thing is that people when you're on trips like that whether it's up these northern communities that don't really see outsiders or people along these trips um all the all the riverways in america there's that connection to those places that you're trying to find or showcase and mm-hmm. and and connect with yourself there's a reason that those people are there too and they they feel that through you and and they respect that um, i think that's why like, every one of those people that i met on that cross america trip I, they're my i call them my river family now cuz that i've never had a deeper connection with any people before than I did on that trip because they all respect those waterways and they respect what you're doing and they, they understand why you're doing it. And that's why they chose to live in those places too.
0: Yeah. That's pretty cool. But kind of like almost like kindred spirits. eh?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So I want to ask you a little bit uh, more about camp my way. Um, maybe you could kind of give us like, I guess a coolest note or, or an idea of what, you know, um, a stay with Camp My Way would look like for people that would be interested in kind of going there.
1: For sure, so Camp My Way, called a Wilderness well-being Program. Realistically, it's just a way of life um, for first responders, veterans, youth affected by PTSD. Um, and it's really, it, we take people and we share the tools and what we do every single day with them. Um, So from, from when we wake up in the morning, it's our breathing, we call it five by fives, five seconds in five seconds out five times to reset our mind, start the day resetting our mind. And then we do a body scan and connect to every part of our body called the pre-flight checklist. As a pilot, you wouldn't just get in your plane and fly your plane. You're going to check your plane over Well, our body is our plane. We're going to check our plane over first before we take off. We're not gonna fly the plane if our mind isn't sound. If we're thinking about everything else, we're not gonna fly our plane very well, are we? So we better check the pilot too, both the pilot and the plane pre flight checklist. That's before we start our day.
0: Love it, love it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so we usually do that out of a campfire um, every morning with our campers. And then we go for a walk and practice connecting with your senses. If you focus on a sense to start with to really like start to learn how to be present, focus on one of your senses while you're out for a walk, like what are you smelling? What are you seeing? And it'll make you be very present. So we do that and then when we get back we do some journaling and practice forgiveness, whether it's forgiving yourself or a family member, whoever it is. Gratitude, what are you thankful for? And then a goal for the day or an intention. And it can be something so small. So that you feel at the end of the day, like you've achieved something. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then it's, and then every day is kind of different from there. That's every day we have to do that. And that's something that needs to be instilled in us for our entire lives. Um, from there, do fitness, exercises, but some days that exercise is paddling 10 kilometers down to our camp. Some days it's summiting a mountain. Um, Switch it up and and showcase, you don't have, there's no excuse not to be able to do it. You can go for a walk. You can, you can push yourself if you need to push yourself to get up a mountain, or if it's simply just an easy paddle that day while you're fishing and stop for lunch and then carry on, um, finding comfort within the uncomfortable in a safe and natural environment.
0: You know, it's so important, like you said, to kind of just, you know, pick something little goals each day, I guess. And whether it's, you know, just going for a walk, or like you said, you're climbing a mountain, it's doing something right. And that's one of the things I always find is, you know, again, one of those traps, right, those mind traps, like, oh, I have excuse, I'm too tired, I'm not going to exercise, say, or, you know, I had a long meeting or a long day at work, I'm not going to exercise. But it's like, I still have all these hours within the day, why can't I give myself 15 minutes, even just to go for a walk? you know, 15 minutes, you can yeah. easily walk a, walk a kilometer or more and then feel a little better. And that was like a mini, mini goal, mini accomplishment. Eh? I, I, I love it. This camp sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. The, um,
1: the big thing that I always say is you got to, and we, Terrence too, the founder, what we always say is you have to, the most important thing is to practice these tools on the good days. Cause if you can't do them on the good days, how are you going to convince yourself to do them on the bad?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And and you know even you know as a as a runner from that kind of perspective, it's like not every run is going to be a gem, right? So it's like I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna go do my run. If it sucks, it sucks, and I'll try to you know tomorrow's a new day and start over again because not every day is going to be great, and you have to roll with roll with the tide, right? When it's easy, just realize this is easy. This is great. Take advantage of it. And realize, you know, when it gets hard, you, you have that discipline and that will to kind of keep pressing forward because, you know, the easy times are going to come back, right?
1: For sure. And you have to have that forgiveness with yourself, too, that you're going to yes. have days where you are just tired and your body is telling you, you need to sleep. There's days we do our body scan and breath in bed. It's the safest place to do it. So you're not going to be thinking about all these other things. And yeah. so often I fall back asleep. And I get really angry that, it, that I fall back asleep when I'm doing my breaths. Cause I love to get up in the morning and have all morning and all day and I'll get really angry. And then I'm like, oh no, that's my body is telling me I need more sleep. I have to listen, like I have to forgive myself and allow myself to do that. Yeah. Just like having the emotions that we have. We have to forgive ourselves and allow ourselves to have those emotions, whatever they may be. So it's okay to miss a day but you can't have excuses for it. It's getting past those excuses. I, the other day I went to go do my morning, my regular morning hike and workout and everything and have my like bands and stuff, whatever I'm bringing. And I get to where I usually start this one workout and I just walk past it. And I'm like, nah, I don't really need to do it today. Like I've been doing really good workouts. I don't need to. And I kept walking and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I don't have any reason not to do this today. <laughs> And I made myself walk all the way back to the start and do it. And I was like, I felt so good about myself, and for myself, way better. And I'm like, that's good because I probably something happened that day, and because I moved that energy, I got through it okay.
0: Amazing, yeah. And that's like truly doing something with that intent, right? Like you're making that choice to do it. It's it's good. It's it's that's you know, it's a well trained mind. I'd say I think
1: for sure. I I, I once wrote a post um, about willpower that I can, people are like, I want your life. I want to be doing all these expeditions and stuff. And at least things like, well, I can teach you how to go on an expedition. Like I can teach you how to math. I can teach you what food to pack, how to pack. We can go train every day, but I can't teach you the willpower to go train every day or to go and follow those dreams or make that goal happen. I can't teach you that willpower. That's yeah. exactly like we keep talking about. You have to put in that work for yourself.
0: Yeah, the way things are now and all these you know closures of of things is is camp my way still taking campers in, and if not, uh, when can people kind of start booking?
1: For sure, um, we have had to close some things. Um, we haven't been able to run our youth program, which is really unfortunate because um, we did have Surrey uh, firefighters. Uh, Charitable Society really put in a lot of funds last year to start a youth program, which is so incredible. Um, But then COVID hit. So, unfortunately, we can't do youth yet, Um, but, or at least right now, we have done them in the past camps. But we do have four first responders um, lined up to come out in June that we're trying to raise funds for. The the biggest thing is um, COVID shut down all of our fundraisers last year. And it usually takes us six to nine months to raise funds to have a camp because everything, we are a nonprofit. We don't make anything on this. We don't get paid. It's all just on donations, used gear, um, food donations, and and fundraising. Okay. So we have a firefighter, an RCMP officer, a sheriff, and a veteran um, all ready to come up and just waiting right now um, for the funds to be able to get them up here in June. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, I want to ask, um, do people, um, there, I guess I don't want to call them clients, but the campers, I guess, um, are they mainly from Canada or do you get them from the States as well or other parts of the world?
1: Oh, they've been from all over the world.
0: Awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Terrence, we've, Terrence has had people from Germany, Czech Republic. Um, he, he does travel the world to those two places in particular, but he travels all over the world, um, doing presentations. Um, yeah. So we've, we've had everybody and, it, and it's not just first responders and youth too. We say that, but everybody that's human, anybody, anybody can have energy build up. Everyone yeah. can use these tools and this way of life to help. Um, they, we've run camps for together. We can, which is an addiction recovery program. Um, we've had them, uh, team up with us and run camps too. Um,
0: so if, if you've yes. got two feet in a heartbeat, this camp's for you.
1: <laughs> yep. That's Definitely. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: one last question about the camp. Cause we're kind of getting uh, low on time here. Um, is there a minimum number of participants you guys need to hold a camp or like if one person comes and that's all you get, you're still going ahead with it or.
1: Oh yeah. We do private. We do uh, one camper. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, we're, we're literally just integrating whoever comes up in our way of life. Like Perfect. we go out, we just were out camping, Terrence and I last week, just the two of us. If we had had a camper out, they would have been with us. Like, so you're, this just just...
0: House, you're just bringing in a house guest
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We you... just got to make sure to buy it a little bit extra food for them. Like, there you go. <laughs> there's, there's some things, but, uh, but everything that we're sharing are the tools that we do. At, like it's literally our way of life that both of us have used since both of us were homeless. Yeah. Uh, That's, yeah, that's it.
0: (laughs) Amazing, amazing. It's it's been so inspiring and and heartwarming to hear your story and your journey, Jillian. And I can't thank you enough for spending the time with me and my audience to share that. Um, So thank you so much. And I just want to um, confirm with you. So if people want to get in touch with you, I guess, uh, what's the best way? I've got some websites here. I've got JillianABrownphotography.com. Uh, there's campmyway.com and there's also it's not notweektospeak.com. So, are there, what's the best way to get in touch with you if people want to kind
1: um,
0: of you know, pick your brain? Yeah,
1: campmyway.com um, for the camp. You can reach us. Um, any of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Camp My Way is on all of them, um, as well as myself, Jillian A. Brown, or Jillian A. Brown Photography. Um, You can write me personal messages. Uh, Jillian at campmyway.com is my email too. I'm open to anyone writing if you just need to chat or set up a video call um, or inquiring about the camp. Um, Yeah, I'm easy to reach.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll make sure to put all that in kind of the show notes so people can have that there when they see that. And Jillian, awesome. I've got one last thing to say to you. It's my customary phrase here at Trail Tales ARP, and that is to run wild, my friend, run wild.
1: Oh, I love it. Thank you.
0: Trail Tales ERP now has a brand new YouTube channel. You can head over there through our website, and check out all our latest videos and please don't forget to subscribe if you could also leave us a review on wherever you get our podcast from that would be greatly appreciated and don't forget to follow us on instagram at trail underscore tails underscore arp and you can also join our strava running group at trail Tales arp thank you so much for your continued support for run wild